your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is the Locked On Sabres podcast. Joe DiBiase flying solo tonight after the Sabres 5-2 loss to the New York Islanders. They drop to 6-12-3 on the season. That is still good, of course, for dead last in the East Division. And it is closing in on the worst record in the National Hockey League, at least in terms of points percentage. They are already that in terms of points with 15. Uh, Ottawa and Detroit are still below them in terms of point percentage because the Sabres have played uh, a couple less games than both of, both of those teams. But man, this game was just a disaster from beginning to end. The Sabres were utterly dominated Uh, High-danger scoring chances for the Islanders, 29 to the Sabres, 13. Sorry, 13 for the Islanders, 3 for the Sabres. The Islanders had 29 scoring chances in total, 14 for the Sabres. Sabres were outshot 35-16 at 5-on-5. All situations, they were outshot 45-18. 45-18 were the shots in this game for a team that is not all that offensive in the first place. We know what the Islanders are. They are a well-coached team. They are a defensive bunch that limits scoring chances, and you let them put five up and get 40-plus shots on goal when you've got a... You got Jonas Johansson in net. I don't need to call him anything other than his name. He's an AHL goaltender that doesn't need to be seeing 45 shots. You're never going to win that way. This team is... Are they giving up? I don't know if they're giving up on the coach. They don't sound it after the games. You normally get hints here and there that... The, the coach has lost the locker room, and I'm not sure that that's happened by what the players are saying, but actions do speak louder than words, and as it stands on the ice, they look like a team that has given up on the coach. We'll run through some of the stats, and uh, we'll talk more about the season, and what it will take for Ralph Kruger to get fired. What will it take at this point for Ralph Kruger to be fired? You just saw Claude Julien get fired after a, a stretch of eight games where he lost six and just like that, boom, it's over. And here's Ralph Kruger. And we're, we're hearing more about Taylor Hall and a potential contract extension. He was talking about that earlier on uh, before the game on Thursday, there was a report last week from Pierre Lebrun that there's mutual interest on both sides. If there is mutual interest on both sides, and if they are talking to Taylor Hall about a contract extension, that gives me the inclination that Ralph Kruger's job is safe. Because they, to me, are a package deal. Hall is not here in Buffalo without Ralph Kruger. Kruger brought him here. Their prior relationship, having been together in Edmonton, was the big selling point to get him to come to the Sabres. If Kruger's not their coach, I don't believe for a second that Taylor Hall would be on this team right now. Hall, by the way, gets his second goal of the season uh, on the night. One of the few positives. And if he signs... And if they're talking to him about signing, that leads me to believe that Kruger is safe. So I guess that means it might take a historically bad stretch of hockey for Ralph Kruger to be fired. This is a you're closing in on historically bad, even for Saber standards, at least in terms of goal scoring. And I mean, they're just not winning games. You're at the bottom of the standings. You're losing your fans one by one. Every single game, you're losing fans the way that they're playing. Um, I don't want to keep harping on the coach every time I come on here, but I don't know what else to say about him and about the team because 
you saw the line combinations at the morning skate and how they're the exact same that they were in the last game when they looked they looked awful out there. And <laughs> my comment was, well, it's, what's the definition of insanity? Trying the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And the definition of insanity is what Ralph Kruger has been attempting to do with his roster so far this season. Um, now, there are some changes that are happening within the lineup, but they are coming way too late, and they are there are too, too few of them. You did see some changes in the third period of this game. Once the Sabres were down, you saw a new first line. Dylan Cousins and Taylor Hall were promoted to the top line. Really, what happened was Jack Eichel and Eric Stahl flip-flopped. Eichel went with Cousins and Hall, while Eric Stahl went with Sam Reinhart and Victor Olofsson. I loved the Eichel-Hall-Cousins line. Now, you are alienating the rest of your team in terms of controlling the puck, carrying the puck, controlled zone entries. By the way, the Sabres got dominated in that area tonight, too. 41 for the Islanders to 17 for the Sabres. Actually, that might have been after the second period, Um, but they were dominated in that area nonetheless. They weren't going to make that up in the third period. I can assure you they didn't do that. But Cousins, Eichel, and... And, and Hall, to me, are three of your best, if not your best, puck carriers right now. To put them all on the same line is a little risky, but you need a little risky with the way this team is going. I liked the way they played together. I thought they were they were booking it. You know, they could have a lot. They could have easily given up being down three goals late in this game. But even to that very last shift with a couple of minutes to go, Eichel, Hall, and Cousins were flying out there. Like, Eichel was throwing his body around with 40 seconds left, down three. And that's something that nobody will probably highlight and will think about. But we will when they're being lazy in the final minutes like that. And we'll think, well, that's that's just them giving up. That's them being emotionless. But in that, you could see Eichel was fired up tonight, I thought. And I thought Hall and Cousins were skating really well. I loved that line together. Um, I did not really like the Reinhardt, Stahl, and Olofsson line. I think Olofsson is just going to sink every line five-on-five five that he's on. That's that's where I think we're we're seeing Olofsson's game develop, that he just can't keep up five-on-five. Five. And you got to put him somewhere at limited minutes in the bottom six and hope and pray that he doesn't get you beat and just wait for the power play. That's what you got to do with Olofsson. And I think Skinner had another really nice night tonight. Again, I know he didn't score a goal. And you maybe can't say he had a nice night until he scored a goal. But I think Skinner up there with Stahl and Reinhardt has the potential to actually to work. But we just won't see it because this coach refuses to put Jeff Skinner with any of the top players. So I'm, uh, I'm anticipating that that is not going to be something that we see. Um, one more thing on, on Kruger here, their play style. This is the Islanders. This is the New York Islanders. One of the most defensive teams in hockey, shutting it down. They don't take a lot of chances. And even tonight, Ralph Kruger has his team out there playing incredibly conservative, not trying to make any mistakes. Like that's the style of hockey that Ralph Kruger is going to present. And, I was doing some more research on Kruger's history because I had done some of that when he got hired by the Sabres, his, his background being at Southampton as chairman of Southampton Football Club, um, his being a, an advisor for Hockey Canada at the Olympics, a scout for the Carolina Hurricanes, head coach in limited time for the Edmonton Oilers, assistant coach for the Edmonton Oilers. And before that, something that was not often talked about was 
the job he had the most experience at. Ralph Kruger was the head coach of Switzerland for 12 years. And you can tell. He has the Sabres playing like the Swiss play Team Canada. It's the foot off the gas for 60 minutes. They look like Switzerland, and they look like they're playing Canada. That's what they look like night to night. And I guess that's something that we didn't think about when we when I was arguing that he should be hired in the first place was what's his background? What's the style of hockey that he brings to the table? And now it's like, well, yeah, you could look at that and think, well, yeah, he has he has experience in the international game, but at what level of the international game? Because international hockey, if you rem- if you are used to watching the World Juniors, if you're worse, used to watching the Olympics, Canada, the U.S., Sweden, maybe not the U.S. as much as I would like, but the U.S., Sweden, Finland, Russia, these teams are flying all around the ice, and there's more space to work with if they're playing overseas, and it's a lot more open style of hockey. That's not the case for those lower-level nations, and Switzerland is one of those. Switzerland, Slovakia, Czech Republic, Latvia, those those countries, those international teams are generally just hanging on for dear life. They're hoping to get to a shootout. They're hoping they're going to get lucky. That's the team Kruger coached with Switzerland. And if that seems to be bleeding into his style with the Buffalo Sabres, which is not a group that is designed to play that style of hockey. This is a group that has speed and that has skill at the top of their lineup with Jack Eichel and Taylor Hall and Dylan Cousins and Sam Reinhart and Eric Stahl and Victor Olofsson and Jeff Skinner and Rasmus Dahlin. Like, the, this team has offensive playmakers on it. Playmakers like Kruger would have never had as the head coach of Team Switzerland. you got to see a different style of hockey. And if Kruger is going to refuse to change his style of hockey, you need a new head coach here. I'm, again, losing confidence day by day that we will see a new head coach here, that we will see a Bruce Boudreau or a Gerard Gallant come through the door and save fans' psyches. I think Kruger is here. And I continue to wonder, actually, while we're on the coach and the structure of the organization, I more and more wonder if Kruger, Ralph Kruger, is at the top of this organization. If you compare it to the Buffalo Bills where you have Sean McDermott, the Bills head coach, who arrived on the scene first before general manager Brandon Bean. McDermott, by all accounts, is at the top of the organization. He's the guy with the power. He is the guy that has the final say. And I wonder if the Pagulas looked at that, saw that as a model that has worked with the Bills, and then tried to implement that same model with the Buffalo Sabres. Now, the problem there is... Well, I guess the difference there is that in the Bills' case, it worked because you had the right people in place. You had the right head coach. You had the right general manager. Just because the model worked in one instance does not mean that the model will work when the individuals are wrong. And that's what I think we have going on here right now, is the Pagulas want to see this work with a head coach being at the top of the organization. But what happens if the head coach is the wrong man for the job? Now what? The GM, does Kevin Adams have the power to to fire Ralph Kruger if he wanted to do that? Because I question that right now. And part of the reason for that is you look at their resumes. 
going back, Kevin Adams comes from the business side of things and Harbor Center. He, no, I mean, nobody in the league. In fact, the Sabres were being criticized heavily by national media for making that hire because it's just not the resume you ever see for a general manager. VP of business operations? Harbor Center director? I mean, you, you don't see that. Assistant coach, by the way, before that, a couple of years as an assistant coach, like that's his experience as in hockey management. Meanwhile, Ralph Kruger, actually, Ralph Kruger's qualification has is more qualified for Kevin Adams' job than Kevin Adams is. He was the chairman of a Premier League soccer team. He's on the World Economic Forum. I will always bring that up. And he's been an advisor to Hockey Canada, as I mentioned earlier, his resume. He was a scout for the Carolina Hurricanes. That's on the hockey side of things. In in a front office, uh, head coach, which is higher than Adams was as an assistant coach. And you just you, he has way more experience just in general on the hockey side of things. He goes back into the 90s while Kevin Adams was a player. So Kruger is more qualified to work at the top of an organization than Kevin Adams is. That is another that is another reason it makes me think he would be the man in charge at the end of the day. And then finally, who's talking? Who is speaking to the media? It is radio silent in Kevin Adams' office. He is not doing any media. Countless requests from every media outlet. And we have not heard a word from the general manager other than when the Sabres had their COVID outbreak just under a month ago. That's the last time we heard from Kevin Adams. We have not heard him at all on this recent stretch of hockey, even though people are asking for it. And that has happened with previous general managers. Why might that be? Maybe that's because Ralph Kruger is the voice of this organization. He speaks for this organization because maybe he's at the top of this organization. And if that's the case, then it will be up to the Pagulas and only up to the Pagulas as to when he goes. And there's no way of knowing that because we know that they will, they'll norm, they'll speak more than most owners. I mean, they speak once a year uh, in the off season generally. And that's even something you don't see from other sports owners, but we're a long ways away. I think from hearing from the Pagulas on anything like that. Uh, Jody Biasi here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. When we come back, a couple more notes from the Sabres Islanders loss. Uh, when we come back and we'll take a look ahead to what's coming and I've got, there's some good trade rumors around that uh, that we'll preview for our next episode. All next on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Built Bar is back and improved with all new packaging and the bars. I didn't think they could taste any more like a candy bar, but our friends at Built Bar somehow figured out a way to add to their 12 permanent flavors, coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange toffee almond, coconut, and my personal favorite, peanut butter brownie, are now six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. In addition to tasting amazing, they are great for the healthy, conscious guy or gal. Under 200 calories, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Do not eat one more protein bar until you try Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. Football may be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports actions. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. A little embarrassed to say it. 
I am watching this season of The Bachelor. Lines on a show like that, I'm actually intrigued by for the first time in my life. And bet on lines where you want to be looking for that. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbooks experts. Remember to use the promo code Locked On. Joe DiBiase back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Flying solo, Jordan Hanskin, assistant high school football coach, has got a game tonight after the Sabres-Islanders game, so he will rejoin me on the weekend, likely after the Sabres play the Islanders on Saturday. Matinee game, by the way. we got some more afternoon games, a lot of afternoon games this season, um, so we'll we'll talk to Jordan then. Um, today on the Locked On Today podcast, Big Ben is back in yellow and black. Is that a good thing for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. All right, couple other notes that I want to point to on this Sabres loss to the New York Islanders. I'll Before I go into the game, Rasmus Ristolainen, after the game, just said, we, we, we don't want to suck. <laughs> I, I feel for Ristolainen. He's been here longer than anybody, and... He has been here for eight years. Like, what is he supposed to say at this point? It's the same thing over and over and over. It's like, yeah, we want to be better. We need to be better. How many times has Rasmus line and said, we need to be better? Is it 100? Is it 200? Is it 300? Like, he, it could be a whole year's worth of just line and saying, we need to be better. That's been his entire career so far. Um, that would be the slogan for Ristolainen's career is, we need to be better. Not even just him. Although, man, Ristolainen was brutal on the night. Now, he's recovering from COVID. I don't want to be too hard on him, but this it, you can also do it a little bit because this is the player we've seen throughout his entire career. Um, he was not good. 18 minutes, 54 seconds of ice time. He had a pretty well-balanced ice time uh, deployment from Ralph Kruger on the night. Um, but Ristolainen, a bad giveaway uh, at one point in the offensive zone that completely killed some momentum the Sabres were building in the third period. Um, you had him completely whiffing on the, 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 the fourth Islanders goal. Dalene is kind of in front of the Islanders player, so you would have liked him to turn around and mark that man. But Ristolainen let him get away from him, and, and he is at fault, I think, for one of those Islanders goals. Um, just, a, just a rough night overall. Now, while sticking with the blue line, actually, a couple other notes. Rasmus Dalene on the Matt Martin goal, he was... First of all, like total weak sauce by Rasmus Dahlin. Like I know Matt Martin is a big bodied forward. Like he he is tough to handle physically in front of the net. But Dahlin just does a, 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 a terrible job at it. And he's pissed after. He should I think he's pissed at himself, I would imagine. Um and he should be, because it was that was a brutal play by Rasmus Dahlin. And he was angry even past that. The next shift a couple of minutes later, he comes back on the ice, and at the whistle, he smashes his stick. So he was still mad even minutes after that goal. He should have been, because that was a brutal brutal play by him. I thought he played okay on the night as a whole. Uh, I think his game has kind of come back to earth since the beginning of the season, but we still have not seen that Rasmus Dahlin to the moon type of jump that we've been waiting for. Um, the defenseman I was most impressed with on the night, not perfect yet again, be, I, he will never be perfect, I think, the style of hockey he plays. But Jacob Bryson was really good. He led the team in ice time. Let me say that again. Jacob Bryson, a rookie who was in Rochester, who was 
in between they're in between Rochester and the taxi squad. Fourth round pick of the Sabres a couple of years ago. Not really thought of as a high level prospect. Already 23 years old. He jumps into the lineup yet again and looks like one of the Sabres' best defensemen. And again, I will make the point, Will Borgen on top of Bryson, would these two, especially Bryson, right now for me, would they have entered the lineup had the Sabres not had as many injuries as they do? My answer is no. I'm not sure we would have ever seen Jacob Bryson in the NHL. And I think they have something there. I think they have something there. There's a lot of creative little plays. There are... He, he sucks. There's one play in the second period where uh, Casey Zizekas is hounding Bryson on the wall. And Bryson, like a nice, subtle little play, sucks Zizekas in, turns his back to him, takes the contact, and backhands it around Zizekas. But he waited for Zizekas to get there first before he made that pass. If he made that pass even a second sooner, it goes off a skate. Maybe it ends up in front of your own net, and maybe it's in the back of your own net. But it was just a great timing play and creative little play by Jacob Bryson. He's got a billion of those every single game. He's a great skater. He's a great puck handler. He gives you something in the offensive zone. I think Bryson should stay in this lineup. I don't know if I need him to lead the team in minutes like he did on the night against the Islanders at 24-10. But the way this blue line's constructed right now, I think he's one of their best four defensemen. And he should be playing like a top four defenseman. As of now, he is playing like a top four defenseman. I hope that continues because I think they've got a player here. I think they've got a, a good depth defenseman that could give you something on the power play and can give you something offensively for the future. And as a team that has only two defensemen under contract past this year, they're going to need guys to fill in. And I think Bryson could be one of those guys. Um, all right, one other off-the-ice thing uh, that happened on another team that I want to get to here, and then uh, and then we'll preview next episode. Brendan Gooley was placed on waivers on Thursday morning by the Anaheim Ducks. I am kind of intrigued at bringing Brendan Gooley back. In fact, I don't really see the downside to doing it. He is still young at 23 years old, same age as Jacob Bryson, by the way. Kind of the same style of play as Jacob Bryson. Super fast defensemen that are great at jumping up in the play. Bryson is 10 times the stick handler Gooley is, and I think that that's going to make him a better player long-term, actually. And I think Gooley, you can see the Ducks have already kind of given up on that by placing him on waivers. Um, He's played this year. Like, he's played 30 games for the Ducks after being kind of between the NHL and the AHL every other year of his career. He's playing 17 minutes a night. He's got eight points in 30 games. I mean, he's not doing nothing. But uh, what I've read about Gooley in Anaheim, it's a lot of giveaways. Um, But I would still be interested in bringing him in. He's a left-shot defenseman. He knows the organization. And I I think they're starving for left-shot defensemen right now, with McCabe out especially. And to get a guy in here that, again, no risk, because you're basically just seeing if he could give you anything long-term. Instead of bringing in, you know, some veteran 35-year-old, you know, Matt Irwin type to just come in and fill in for the rest of the season, how about bringing a guy that it's like, all right, we're going to bring him in to fill in, and we're also going to maybe find out if he could contribute something long-term to uh, to our organization, which is not what you're going to get from any of these, a lot of these guys that are going to be available. So I'd place a claim. On Gooley. And plus, it's what's the risk, contract-wise? It's a two-year deal, $800,000 per year. If it doesn't work, just send him back down. 
place him back on waivers. Whatever you got to do, just you get rid of him right after that. It's it's a very easy contract to rid yourself of. So to me, there's no downside to Brendan bringing Brendan Gooley back to the Buffalo Sabers. I would do it if I'm the Sabers. And I, I would actually I don't know this is the waiver order by points or by points percentage. That I don't know because if it's by points then the Sabres will have first dibs on anybody on waivers like Brendan Gooley. If it's by points percentage, they would be third after the Ottawa Senators and the Detroit Red Wings. So I, I'm actually not sure on that. Maybe I'll try to find an answer uh, by my next by our next episode here. Um, all right, next on the Locked On Sabres podcast tomorrow, I want to go through some of the rumors, some juicy rumors that Chad Diedemannis from Expected Buffalo wrote about on Thursday morning that he really – you could even say, I think, reported. I mean, they're rumors, so they're not quite reports. But a couple of players the Sabres have shown interest in, uh, a couple of trade ideas, and more on a Taylor Hall contract extension. We'll get to all of that uh, tomorrow on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Feel free to check us out on social media. I'm at Sneaky Joe Sports. Jordan is at J.R. Hanskin. And the podcast account is at Lockdown Sabres. This has been the Lockdown Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network.